Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in to Just Chatting with Jacqueline and Chantel. We are so happy that you're back. We cannot wait to get started. We have a super fun episode this week. We're not going to do a huge, drawn-out intro. What we are going to do is we're going to play 20 questions. Jacqueline's going to keep count, and I'm just now telling her this because I don't have my paper in front of me. I was like, and... let me grab a pen and paper. <laughs> So we're going to ask each other 20 questions and how it's going to go is she's going to ask me a question. I'm going to answer. And then she's going to answer the question. And then I'm going to ask her a question. She's going to answer. And then I'm going to answer. And we're going to do that back and forth. We thought this would be a fun way to kind of get to know us and maybe even expand on some things. We're going to try to keep it short and sweet, but no promises. We like to talk. So (laughs) let's dive right in. you would like to change about yourself so I want to open myself up to people more I love ever since my divorce (laughs) yeah and we've talked about this before but um, I'm obviously I have a hard time dating because I am kind of closed off and even sometimes in friendships it might not seem like it because I share so much here but I'm actually really really private and kind of keep to myself yeah if you don't believe um, us and you can just try to friend request Chantel on Instagram and get that decline and then you'll know <laughs> we're not kidding <laughs> yeah so it's something that I'm working on because before my marriage I was definitely that person who was like outgoing and and all that and wasn't as private and wasn't as closed off um, but it's an area of my life that I'm actively working on so Jacqueline what I about love you that. okay Something I'm working on, and I think I started recognizing this um, maybe like a year and a half to two years ago, is being more committed. And this is in two parts. I want to better understand my values and life goals. So that's something I'm working on. So that way, when opportunities come up or when I'm dating or what have you, I can truly be sure that an opportunity or a partner is a, is a good match for my values and like my life dreams. And then once I have confirmed these things, I want to do better about staying like committed and, and being kind of in it for the long haul. I can be such an opportunist and it has led me to great places And it has also led me to let go of great things. So it's something I want to find a better balance with. I support you in that and we'll be here to help you because I think that's a great one. Thank you. Okay. The next one is, I'm going to ask this question. What has been your biggest mistake so far in life and what did you learn from it? Ooh, heavy. Um, I think I've actually (laughs) answered this here on the podcast pretty much, but, um, mine would be ruining my marriage for sure. Um, I mean, I learned so much from it and, and I honestly don't know if I would have the path to healing that I did if I were not in that situation, um, and did not handle myself so poorly that I would have a regret because there is like nothing to teach you a freaking lesson like regret. So yeah, that would be mine. Absolutely. Yeah, that whole thing makes me sad. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. I mean, there are yeah. there are so many silver linings to it. So, uh, you know, 
I don't think it's a, a terrible thing to have a regret. I mean, it's, it's so sad and it can like really hit me in the gut sometimes, but I know I'm such a better person for it. And so, you know, I, I, I can't say I would trade that either. Yeah, no, that's a good point. With my regret, um, I can't really say the same. <laughs> um, I My biggest regret, and I have talked about this on the podcast, are it's, it's a series of events. And it's those two years after I left my ex-husband. And it's many things, but it's my behavior is what it can be summed up to be. How I handled myself. <clears throat> so how I treated myself and how I spoke to mm-hmm. myself, how I handled relationships and how I handled the stress of that situation. And it's something that has affected me for years to come. And if I had handled myself differently in those first two years leaving my marriage, um, I would be a lot further with some of my personal goals. So that is my biggest regret. Yeah. Okay. Which parent are you closer to and why? Hmm. So God, I'm close to both of my parents for different reasons, but if I had to pick one, like someone, it's probably my mom, but that's more so just because she's a female and she can relate to me on certain, in certain areas, but I'm truly close to both of my parents and they both offer such value in my life. Um, but my mom is kind of like my best friend and she's the person who I, call when life is falling apart because (laughs) packing and the reason that is (laughs) yeah so the reason that is is because my dad is someone who is like okay so get it done (laughs) you know and my mom is much more while she's tough as well I had very tough parents she's much more empathetic to kind of my struggles I think and my dad my dad is also empathetic, but the way that he handles that empathy towards me isn't exactly how I want to receive it sometimes. So the way that my dad shows love is different sometimes than how I want to be shown love. And that's why I probably go to my mom with more, but I mean, I'm close to both of them. What about, I mean, this is hard for you, right? Because your father passed away, but are you close with your stepdad? No. Um, and it's crazy because he was in my life for so, so many years, um, but we don't speak at all anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I was hoping you would say both because I, I really love like the healthy dynamic between you and your parents. And so that's why I picked this question. But it took a long time to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not without healthy. flaws. Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely my mom and she's actually honestly like the only person from my family that I speak to, but my mom is like such a rare gem. Um, she is not an imperfect person by any means. And we have definitely had, you know, our times throughout life, but she just everything good about me. I'm totally going to tear up. Oh my God. I was not expecting this. Um, all of my good qualities are a direct result of my mom. Like, hands down anything anyone listening or you Chantel could like about me my mom has the same characteristic and um they're like we are we're very very similar in a lot of ways but she's also just really like I don't know she's it's crazy because sometimes I think like oh that's just what a mom is for but I don't think every 
you know, young girl or girl or woman or female has this experience, but it doesn't matter what I call my mom with. She every single time gives me the best reaction that I could hope for. And that is all the way from when I was like breaking down about my college major and I wanted to switch. And she was just so like, you know, trust your gut. Let's, let's do it. Let's switch it. And I feel like a lot of parents would have, you know, pushed a child. I was already two years into my degree. So I feel like a lot of parents probably would have pushed you to stick with it. You know, my mom was like, totally Uh like start over who cares, you know? And then all the way to calling her with an unexpected pregnancy and her just being so excited. And um, yeah, so I love, love, love my mom. She is so hardworking. She's so friendly. She is like 100% would help anybody that she had the means to. And we've actually been in in a weird situation where um, someone that we didn't really know was possibly in an abusive situation. And my mom has um, history with domestic violence. And so, I mean, my mom was like, I'll come pick you up. I'll pack you up. You can live with me. Bring the baby. Like, no questions asked, mm-hmm. no thought. It it kind of would have put her and her own family in danger maybe, but she just didn't care. She just was like, you know, just so willing to jump in and get somebody out of like a black hole. So I, I love her. Yeah. I mean, I would expand on mine too is same with my mom. My mom and I are very much not anything alike. However, um, she raised me to be a free thinker. She's the reason why I'm on this podcast, really, because my mom has always supported me, even when I called her and told her, hey, mom, I don't think I believe in God anymore. And I have a very conservative family that that are Christians. Um, And this is kind of the most recent thing I called her with is like, I don't believe in this. I have always questioned this. And she's like, you know what? That's okay. We raised you to be a free thinker. And, and I hope that you make choices for yourself. And, and even when, you know, when my marriage was breaking down, like I never received that, Oh, you should try to work Mm -hmm. it out that I know a lot of my friends have received. It was come home and I'll, and I'll help you no matter what. And, and my dad too, you know, when I, when I told him, when my dad was basically begging me to come home, he said, you will never have to worry. Come home, do your absolute best, work your butt off, and I will pick up your mm-hmm. slack. And Ryder will never have to. I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad said, um, as long as I'm around, Ryder will have a male role model and he will have a father figure and he'll you'll never want for that. So I think we both love our parents or parents very yeah, much. Absolutely. And are are super grateful. And I think that that comes with age too. So if you're listening and you're in a, in a difficult spot with your parents, I think that as you grow older, that bond just continues to grow because you appreciate them so much. Yeah. And especially for me, once I had a child of my own, I mean, perspectives shifted. I saw, um, actually it was like in ego work that I was doing, which I keep talking about. But, um, one of the items was, really like removing yourself from the parent child situation with your own parent and just seeing them as a human, like as their neighbor would. Okay. My mom was a single mom. Of course she made a lot of mistakes, but you know, if that were just one of my coworkers who was in that situation and made the choices that my mom made, 
I mean, you could just, you can't fault your parents. Like, you know, of course there are separate, like abusive situations and toxic situations, but um, yeah. So for me with time and age and just really working on myself, I realized like, oh my gosh, she did like the best she could. And honestly, she did better than I could have asked of other people. Um, I mean, my mom saved my life and left an abusive situation and a lot of people aren't able to do that. And, you know, she just, she made a lot of sacrifices for me. And um, especially in the the early years while she was a single mom and I was young and craziness. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay. On to the next one. Um, all right. Let's see. I'm like, let me wipe my tears and blow my nose. <laughs> yeah. Love you, mom. Okay. What is your favorite hobby to do alone Ooh. okay I mean first thing that like comes into mind is um reading and I don't know that a lot of people consider this necessarily such a hobby but I definitely do so I'll stick with that reading absolutely can I say masturbating (laughs) um (laughs) when you said to do alone I was kind of like Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) no I mean it's not masturbating so I love to write I love to journal Um, reading is definitely one of the things I love to do I also love to like work out do gym stuff Um, but just being alone is a hobby of mine (laughs) as extroverted as I am you wouldn't believe it but I enjoy that alone time so yeah but writing reading Working out, masturbating. (laughs) Maybe in that order, maybe not. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would say my daily walk is probably a close second. Um, And I really just listen to to podcasts during that time. But it's it's just kind of like walking outside that that gets me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ah. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Um, We've kind of talked about this one in like red flags and how we know like we're dating a man um but i want to elaborate on it i guess you could say how do you feel about sharing your password with your partner um yeah i mean my partner can have my password to whatever he wants i i mean i don't i don't think i would ever be in a relationship where i had a partner who would like want to go through my phone or want to go through those things but i think that sharing your password can be a really healthy Mm -hmm. thing I think that the couples and I'm so sorry if you're listening and and this is you the couples who have like the same Facebook (laughs) like that's to me very strange I'm really sorry guys I love you I love everybody but that is really weird to me um but yeah I think my partner can have my password I'm cool with that what about you oh yeah for sure um and I will say like I struggled with like being cheated on um, a lot, like in my younger years. And so as I got older, I kind of developed like this insecurity. And I'll be honest, like going into relationships, I would say like, look, you know, I've been hurt in the past in this way. And that's not your fault. And it has nothing to do with you. But if we can both be like loving and comfortable, you know, from the get go about this, here are some like, things especially around like phones and social media that can help me like you know moving forward like is this something you're willing to do is it not 
Um, and sometimes it's not like I've, I've had a partner who was like, no, you can't just pick up my phone anytime. Um, my most previous partner, my last partner was totally okay with it. Um, and I mean, this isn't something that I think people should just be doing behind each other's backs or I've heard stories of like the, you know, someone going through my friend's phone while she was asleep and, Oh. You know, we we the more we talked about it, the more we were like, he had to pick up her hand and like put her thumb on the freaking lock. You know, it was an older iPhone. So anyway, um, you know, I don't think that's appropriate at all. But yeah, I would totally give someone my password um, and I would hope that they would feel similarly, you know, to giving me theirs. But moving forward, I do want to be better about um you know, again, just matching my values with someone and then trusting that moving forward, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I was in a toxic marriage, you know, I went through his phone to find out like if he was doing drugs or sleeping around again. And that's a position that I shouldn't have ever been in. I shouldn't have done it. And I shouldn't have been with someone whose values Mm -hmm. didn't match mine to where I felt the need to do it. But I would never do it again. Like, I have this philosophy after being cheated on so many times. Like, if someone's going to cheat, they're going to cheat. And I'll find out about it eventually. And, you know, it, it'll come to a to a head. And I think that I'm older now and I'm in a situation where, you know, if, if, if that came up, like, sure, he can have my password and I could have his. But uh, it's not necessarily something I would ask for. Yeah. So. I'm trying to get to that level, you know? yeah no I hear you um what is your greatest fear oh okay well this is twofold so like philosophically abandonment and like more tangible is actually like showers and and taking a shower and I think it's more so like especially when there's a curtain you can't see through Um, And this is so bizarre, but this is like really tied to my mental illness and PTSD from childhood trauma. But yeah, like I take baths every day. I wash my hair in the bath. I wash my body in the bath, like baths all the way. That's such an unpopular opinion. I don't even care because it's like deeply rooted in my psyche for sure. But yeah, um, I'm a bath person, but I have to shower too. So I feel, yeah, I love a bath. I'm a bath every night kind of girl <laughs> if I can. Um, I, my biggest fear is very simple and it's anything happening to Ryder. Yeah. So <clears throat> I get, um, like sometimes I'll get paranoid if he's with my mom and my mom or dad don't answer for a certain amount of time. My biggest fear in the world is something, anything negative happening to my child and that doesn't mean I'll protect him from everything like negative emotions and things like that. He's obviously been through a lot, but I just, him being in danger is something I am very paranoid about. And any guy who's dated me knows this because it is very hard to get me to leave him. If my parents can't yeah. watch him, like it is very, very hard for me to leave him. I don't know that I ever have left him with anyone, but my parents and my two best friends. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I've never we've never used like a babysitter or anything for Owen. It's always been um, my in-laws, my ex-husband's family, and then our significant others. And that is like it. Yep. Yep. 
for sure. Yeah, I think probably every mother can relate to that. That is such, like, ooh. Yeah, and I mean, a, a close second would be um, because I spent so much time in a stressful situation, not having enough money to think I could provide for us is, you know, not being able to provide for Ryder is a really big mm. fear of mine. All the things, you know, I've always kind of, before I left religion, I prayed for kind of the, the love of two, the income of two. It was never like hoping for a partner. I always just decided I was going to do it. And so um, I've taken it upon myself and don't want that burden on anyone else. And so not being able to provide for, for Ryder is another fear yeah, of mine. For sure. Okay. Do you usually stay friends with your exes? No, I don't. Um, I am not friends with, so it depends. So I'm friends with a lot of the guys that I dated for short periods of time, but if we were in a long-term relationship or a very, very serious relationship, I don't stay friends with them. I don't think it's healthy at all. Um, you know, I think if we, if I wasn't in love with someone like, I dated some guys in high school and like casually in college who I'm still friends with, but, um, anyone that I was in love with, I, I just, I'm a no contact after breakup and you won't ever hear from me again. Kind of person. Yeah. I figured, I figured you, uh, had clean cuts. <laughs> <laughs> why would you say that? That's funny. I want to, I want to know why you think that. Well, honestly, I just see you as much, stronger emotionally than me and a lot of the reasons I have stayed friends with exes was because I was scared of what came next without any part of them in my life if that makes sense mm. yeah, yeah. so so this is like yes and no um yeah I I do stay friends with a lot of my exes and even long-term ones um, but probably the easiest breakup I ever had was, and actually it was my longest relationship, but he completely blocked me everywhere and he never spoke to me again for years and years. And, you know, I didn't think it was going to go that way. It was surprising, but it was so final that I was really able to like reflect and move on in a very, very healthy manner. That is probably like, I mean, it was heartbreaking and I was, I was sad and I, it was hard. It wasn't easier, but it was healthier. You know, there was no back and forth. There was no, well, what about this one time? Or, well, do you still have feelings for me? There's no lingering anything. It was just, this is the best decision. And he backed that up. (laughs) But So my relationship after my marriage, my first relationship after my marriage, just before my most recent relationship, um, we tried to stay friends. And it's funny because I like totally talked about it all over social media. And I got a lot of people's feedback saying like, you know, no, I don't think it's such a great idea to stay friends. And um, it's funny because it like kind of came true, like all of the catastrophic things they mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah we we ended up not being friends anymore so yeah you know I um I definitely don't think it's healthy and I 
you know, I would never stay friends with an ex. Like if I was in love with them, you know, if it was like a long thing, if it was just a casual dating situation, I'm still friends with those guys, you know, and they're, they're like, yeah. So all of Um, the guys I met on Bumble, um, like I said, like none of them ever turned out to be like an actual relationship and they're all just really cool people. And I love to keep in touch with them. We're not friends. Like we hang out frequently or anything, but um, we're definitely on good terms. I would, I would go grab coffee with them or whatever. One of them is actually married and we realized we live like a block away from each other. And so they invited me to go like run with them. And uh, honestly, I was like, okay, they're a really cute couple. Like I could totally be friends with them. So it's cute. But yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. What was your best birthday ever? Ooh, best birthday ever. This is a tough one. (laughs) It's funny because it's honestly tough because I have a really bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I almost want to say my 21st birthday mostly because my parents took me out of town and so I was like with my mom and my stepdad and actually my like longest relationship that boyfriend um came with and we went to Louisiana and we went to casinos and I don't know it was like the three people that cared the most about me versus like a room full of acquaintances and I will I'm Uh I'm such a like connector networker type that I'll invite like 30 people to a birthday party and I haven't talked to you in like months but it's cool I you know I just like a lot of people to bring people together and whatever so I think that was the first time I realized like sometimes quality over quantity can can really be fulfilling yeah for sure mine was my 19th birthday I believe it was 19th yeah um I was I'd spent the night at my boyfriend's house and he had arranged I don't I still don't know how he did it and some of my sorority sisters listen so they'll remember but um he had arranged for one of my sorority sisters who I was close with to hide things throughout the house a scavenger Oh my gosh. Hunt. And so when I got to he took me cuz it was during recruitment cuz it was August so we were yeah. recruiting new members for the sorority <sighs> And I lived in, I lived at the sorority house. So he dropped me back off at the sorority house and I was met at the door by one of my sisters and she gave me like a scavenger hunt. And so each thing, like, you know, one of them was a $300 shopping spree at anthropology. One of them was like a back rub. Like it was like 12 different things that he, or actually, no, I think it was 19 because it was my 19th birthday. So it was like a bunch of different things that he had put together and he had taken the time and like written it out himself. And so, um, you know, it was like so special and, and he would go shopping with me. He went, he took me shopping with the little $300 at Anthro that he gave me. And it was literally just the best birthday. He was the best boyfriend in the world. Um, so yeah, he was so sweet. Yep. That's another way you know you're dating a man is if they can, like, plan out more than, like, just a mm-hmm. gift. You know what I mean? Like, if they can plan something cutesy out like that, major respect. Yeah. I wish I would have treated that one better for sure. <laughs> that is, that's the one. That uh, bummer. Mm. Okay. What's the one thing that people always misunderstand about you? 
Um, people think that I am stuck up or like I come off as like really I think I come off as really how do I put this just like standoffish like recently at my and that's funny because I'm so open and so happy and such an extrovert but one of my son's like baseball teammates his mom said to me I love trying to be friends with women like you because you're a challenge. Like she actually said this to me and I, I, I asked her what she meant. She's so sweet. We're friends, obviously. Um, and she said, you know, you, you can tell that you only have a certain amount of friends and you don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about you and that you're not just going to be having these like surface level friendships and conversations. Um, and she was spot on and she could tell that about me because I I at baseball games I take a little lawn chair I sit at the end of the fence I'm not like in the bleachers with the moms like I don't give a fuck like I'm not talking to y'all I'm here to watch my kid play baseball you know I'm very like and I think people mistake that sometimes as like rude or stuck up or like whatever it is yeah like but really it's just I've learned I've learned how to value my time and my friendships and my energy and I protect that at all costs so um I'm not mean. I'm just, you know, I'm just a little bit reserved and, and super protective of my energy. I love that. It's yeah, funny because I actually feel like mine is opposite. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think people, well, I've been told people don't always take me seriously because I am so like friendly and open and like bouncing around from the start and someone has actually expanded this to be like I had no idea you could tell me like you know when I bothered you <laughs> like people don't think I have a backbone I guess it's kind of a good way to oh, say yeah, that oh yeah I can see that yeah I can Which, see that I, I feel I mean... like anyone who knows me for like more than a second should be able to pick up that I I feel like I'm pretty like sassy but I guess you know and initially meeting people in social situations like I'm just focused on I do like I really think about leaving people with like positive feelings and impressions and so I'll spend a lot of my energy you know making other people feel good so I don't know if that plays into it but I will tell you off (laughs) I'm so the opposite (laughs) I'm always I'm always the life of the party. Like I'm always up on the bar, like dancing and, talk- but like when it comes to like a general situation, I'm, I'm still happy. I'm still outgoing, but I'm not like going out of my way to make connections. And so um, that's funny that it's just like yeah. the total opposite. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I'm probably gonna have to edit, edit this out. Cause I wasn't thinking. Um, okay. What would you, it's yes. my turn, right? Okay. What would you consider your greatest accomplishment so far in life? Oh, um, I mean, I don't know that a child is an accomplishment, <laughs> but I would <laughs> definitely think of my child first. Um, and then I would say, you know, the growth that I have and and really because that has been like you know led 
by myself by my own self like it it didn't just come with life lessons it didn't just come with therapy like I've worked really hard on myself like by myself and so um yeah it's a putting in the work to healing and my child I don't know if a child is an accomplishment but I just feel really glad that we are at the place of like co-parenting and parenting and and my relationship with him as mother to child and it doesn't reflect you know the cycle of abuse and trauma that maybe my ex-husband and I experienced you know what I mean like the cycles ended yeah for sure so I feel I feel like that's an accomplishment for sure yeah no I think that that kind of ties into my biggest biggest accomplishment which is definitely kind of I ended a cycle with Ryder so the males on my husband's side of the family definitely have a cycle and I was the first female to stand up against that and say no fuck that shit I'm out of here this generational shit isn't going to seep into my child's life Um, and I did that strongly and boldly and I'm super super proud of that and then how I've been able to rise I mean when I left him he told me I would never be able to make it on my own and here I am motherfucker I think I make you know 10 times as much money as you do and, and I just like fuck you like it is such a feeling of pride that I'm here and I have I've bought my own house and I've got this stable environment yeah. for writing. hell yeah yeah fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay your turn what did you want to be when you were younger I'm always interested in this <laughs> Yeah, um, I wanted to be a marine biologist Ooh. for a while. I was really into dolphins. Um, <laughs> so Only dolphins, though? That was one <laughs> yeah, so I solely wanted to be a marine biologist because of the dolphins. Um, and for a while, I also wanted to be an actor. So I did, like, acting and stuff like that oh, as well. Oh, that's fun. I would definitely be interested in mm-hmm. acting. Yeah, it was fun. So was fun. I wanted I I knew early on I wanted to be a teacher, but I went through a phase of wanting to be a lawyer. And I actually wonder sometimes if I picked the wrong degree. <laughs> but I actually went to college for nursing school first, and then it it just felt so off, so I I switched to, you know, my original teaching plan, so. That's great. Good thing. All things happen for a reason, so you can't look at it that way. Yeah, but... <laughs> seriously. All right. If past lives are real, what was yours? Ooh. I would have to think I was some type of performer. Like a dancer or a singer or honestly, like I could see myself being like in a circus or like a gypsy turn in street tricks. Like <laughs> something <laughs> I think that I have a lot of really bad karma based on my life experience so I think I like robbed banks <laughs> in a past life like I was like Bonnie and Clyde or something in a past life because I some pretty terrible shit happened to me <laughs> from 20 to 25 that I don't necessarily think I deserved so I think that that was some karmic shit. So I, I probably like robbed people. I was probably an outlaw in a past life. Dang, crazy girl. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna lie the first time I ever saw a drag show I was like I missed my calling and maybe I was born like the wrong gender I was meant to be a drag queen like what have I been doing in life so I, I hope that's part of my past lives <laughs> is it my turn yeah <laughs> okay (laughs) how would you describe your best friend Mm. caring loving enneagram two so wants to please people (laughs) and she is a little bit clingy (laughs) You know that opposites attract, right? Because I'm a two eight. <laughs> oh, I'm a seven eight. Yeah, so our eights are our similarities, and then our two seven is like the opposite. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. What about yours? Oh my gosh, my best friend, and she's actually like, like a like newly into my life. I mean, we've been best friends for years now, but um, you know, she's not like a childhood best friend or from high school or anything but I would say she's like the most truly accepting person I've ever met and I remember the first night we met and we met like out at a karaoke bar with mutual friends and we went swimming in a pool after hours because of course like what else do drunk crazy people do and I have self-harm scars like all over my thighs um, and they're they're really bad. They're very visible. And so, I mean, I was drinking, so I probably wasn't so self-conscious, but sometimes I am. And she just like, she's so funny. It like makes me laugh. She just was like, what are those? And like, she was so unassuming. And, you know, of course she could probably assume what they were, but it was really neat that she didn't assume, but also that she didn't find it so taboo to ask. And, you know, I knew if I was uncomfortable, she totally would have accepted that. But um, just her approach made me pretty comfortable to go ahead and share. And, you know, she just responded like really well. And this was the first night we met, like she didn't know me at all. So she's the first person who kind of helped me realize that even though I'm damaged, like I can be loved and accepted. And that's something like I have a lot of embarrassment, you know, behind my self-harm scars, especially. Um, And she's just so accepting, like right out of the gate, like genuinely does not have like opinions and expectations. And like, she's genuinely so neutral and she's also the most committed and monogamous person I have ever met. You guys remind me of each other um, in this way. She would be similar if she's talking to somebody or if things were like starting to get sexual, especially that would be absolutely the only person on her mind and on her plate. She would definitely not venture down that road unless she was ready for it to be just one individual. Um, And even like on dating apps and stuff, she's like planning a date with somebody. She kind of like the dating app kind of like died because she was focused on the one person. So um, she, yeah. Yeah. She's taught me a lot about romantic commitments, even though, you know, her and I are, are 
platonic, but um, she is really willing to work through anything. And, and she's someone who's very confident in her values and her desires. And so, you know, again, this kind of goes back to my goal of just making sure those things match. But for her, once those things match, I mean, she will like freaking trudge through hell with you because you're worth it and she knows you're you're valuable and she shows you that with her actions and yeah she's just she's awesome that's great yeah all right if a genie granted you three wishes right now what would you wish Ooh. for i'm a genie <laughs> in a bottle baby. Gotta love me the okay i would really like to have a family home um, sooner rather than later for Owen and I, and, you know, maybe hopefully one day um, a long-term male partner. Um, So I'd say like a home. And I, I've never been big on like making a lot of money or having a lot of money, but since I've started focusing on financial wellness, there's definitely a certain amount that I'd like. Well, first of all, I'd like to pay off my student loans and then have a certain amount of emergency funds and a certain amount to invest. So I feel like I'd ask for that. So just we'll just say money. I'm not going to put an amount on it. Um, dang. Then let's see. What else? I mean, I would... <laughs> this is... I am not going to pursue my ex-husband for anyone listening to this, but I would almost wish like to go back in time. And um, even if we didn't work out long-term um, just to treat him better and remove the, the toxic ways that I treated him. Those are good ones. <clears throat> so my three wishes would be, the first one would be a life partner, someone that would adopt Ryder and love Ryder as their own, um, someone to grow old with, and that was a good partner. My second wish would be I want to live on, like, a few acres and have just, like, some chickens, <laughs> maybe, like a pig, you know, like, something of that nature, and then my third wish would be that Ryder is happy for the rest Aww, of his life. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Can I change mine? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. Ooh, tell me your biggest supernatural or paranormal fear. I don't have any. really because no, you don't believe in it or because you are just open-minded to it. Um, I'm open-minded to it. Like, I don't feel like there's anything in the universe that's conspiring against me. I feel like the universe is always conspiring for me, whether that's supernatural or like extraterrestrial or like ghosts or whatever it is. Um, I just don't think that there's anything that's to be oh, feared. I love that. So, 
<laughs> I don't have any. Okay, fears I'm gonna that. like yeah. use that as a mantra when I'm like up alone in my bed and like feel like I heard a sound. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so I do. I don't know if it's like a like supernatural paranormal fears, but Owen, Charlie, our dog, and I literally have nightmares in the same nights all the time and it's like you know I'll be having a nightmare and I'll wake up to Owen either calling my name from his room or um he'll walk into my room and I'm like mommy I had a bad dream you know whatever and then we'll climb into bed together and if he comes to sleep in my bed like legit within a few hours we start hearing the dog like whimpering in his sleep it's so crazy and it like got me like kind of stressed out like is our apartment haunted or something crazy but I don't know I almost feel like it's in the moon cycle or you know I don't know maybe we're feeding off of each other we all had a stressful day together so we're all dreaming about killing each other I mean there there could be a, a negative spirit there's definitely I mean without getting too deep into it there I there are bad spirits I just they're not gonna hurt you you just have to banish them, you know. We won't. We'll, we'll yeah. go into all that in another episode. <laughs> but I mean, there there could be like a heavy spirit around you, just something to you know do. Yeah. Bo- board board spirit. I don't know. Um. Okay. Do you believe in second chances? Ooh. Yeah, I really, really do. And I I'll take this as yeah. far as saying, I not in all cases. But I would love to give grace and redemption to even, you know, abusers and criminals and so on and so forth. And I know that doesn't always happen by their own choice, but I do truly believe that everyone has the capacity to heal. Not that they will and not that they have the capacity to accept that or to ever change or or seek healing, um, but that it is truly like within us as humans to heal Um, and, and this comes a lot from just my own life experience. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely a very, 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 very forgiving person. Um, very forgiving in friendships and relationships and so on. Yeah, I am definitely a believer in second chances. I believe that I believe in third chances. Um, but I'm just going to echo everything Jacqueline said, because, uh, people don't always take those. So I have to develop boundaries for myself yeah, when they for don't. sure, for sure. <coughs> Your turn. <coughs> oh, shoot. I lost the one I was going to ask you. Hold on one second. Oh, name one bad quality you wouldn't mind in a partner. Oh, God. Um... Jeez, this is hard. I don't know that I've ever thought about this. So I think that this is like up for interpretation because bad qualities to me might not be bad qualities to yeah, everyone for else. Sure. Um, but I have such strict boundaries that I don't know that I would accept any, like, I don't know that there's a quality that I think is bad that I wouldn't mind in a partner some of the exceptions I would make for like red flags are like if someone 
maybe is a little bit is not as good with money as I would like them to be. I think that that's a learned yeah, behavior. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's something that would be kind of okay. But I don't know that I, at this point in my life, I'm so happy being alone that if I thought someone had a truly bad quality that couldn't change, that affected my life in a negative way, I wouldn't be with them, period. I love that. I need, let me put that in my toolkit. (laughs) And this isn't just like little annoyances. Like people are always going to annoy you. Like, and I'm not talking about pet peeves, like leaving the laundry out. I'm talking about like character types, you know? Okay. So I was going to say the bad quality I would overlook I guess is more of more of pet peeves, which would be like if they're a little bit like messy and not like dirty, like moldy dishes in their sink in their bachelor pad or something, but messy. Like if they don't think to always put the dishes directly into the dishwasher or if they leave their shoes out or what have you. And this kind of stems from. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I could forgive a lot of those things too. I thought it meant like more of like a quality, like a, a about the person that was like character trait, you know, like a character oh, yeah. flaw. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. That's okay. I don't know what character flaw I could overlook. Probably like hypersensitivity. I feel like I could handle that easily. <laughs> I, I'm not looking for oh, that in a partner, but I, I feel like I could handle it, you know? I was cut and run. Um, I have cut and yeah. run. <laughs> okay. Would you relocate for love? Ooh, I thought about asking this one. Um, so logistics are kind of crazy because obviously I co-parent. Um, so I definitely would not, like if I'm being realistic about my current life and everything in it, um, And in fact, like so far as to say, if my ex-husband wanted to move cities, I would in a heartbeat move with them. Um, And we've we've discussed that together before. I think we're both pretty rooted in Houston and his family's here. So, um, but no, I, you know, my mom and stepdad and, and my sister was a child at the time. So they moved back to California when I was in college. And they were the only family I had here. We moved here when I was a child, like when I was young. And then my mom, stepdad and sister moved back once I had already moved out. And I was already in my college, you know, halfway through college and whatever. And I just think one thing I really want to give my son is a close connection with his family. And like our, my mom and my situation is a lot different because our family is toxic and there was abuse there and what have you. But, um, I do still feel like I'm missing something, not having family close by. Like if my car breaks down, like I really have to rely on my friends, um, and maybe a romantic partner versus like, you know, I want my son to always have people to go to and people to call and, you know, just strong family bonds. So I currently would say no, but if I were without, if this were like before I had Owen, um, yeah, I'm totally the type of personality to like up and run and totally like run away for love. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think before Ryder, sure. And, and even now, so if I fell in love with someone that was 
rooted in Dallas and they had a better paying job than I did. Um, yes, I would definitely move and I don't co-parent, so it would be in the best interest of Ryder. But in my opinion, um, like I, I was in that situation before where we were deciding if I was going to move to Dallas or he was going to move here. And the partner that I choose is going to be like, your whole family is there. So I'm relocating for you and Ryder. Um, so yes, I would, but I don't think that the person that I choose would ever ask me to. And that's not to say I wouldn't move like across town. Like I wouldn't move back to Katy or I wouldn't move to like Sugarland. But as far as Houston, um, I would prefer not to leave just because of yeah, my family. For being. Sure. All right. Your Out turn. of these negative emotions, which one would you say affects you the most? Greed, anger, jealousy, or hate? Greed, anger, jealousy, or hate? Greed? No. Anger? Maybe. <laughs> jealousy? No. Hate? Hate? No. Okay, so anger. Anger affects me the most. I could see that. Mine is definitely jealousy. I, oh, I get green eyes for sure. Like, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm working on this, and I, like, try really hard not to let it affect how I treat people, but definitely the thoughts are there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. What do you think about when you're by yourself? Ooh. I mean, you know, because I text you these all day long. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I honestly love being creative and, and thinking of ideas. And um, I shared on my Instagram, and I don't know if I've said it here on the podcast yet, but like I thought of the idea of a podcast and a lot of topics, I mean, for like over a year now. And I loved like Chantel was like, cool, let's fucking do it. And she was like, so like, you know, to put it into place. So Honestly, I brainstorm a lot, like, in my spare time. And, and that's not necessarily, like, creative outlets always. But sometimes it's, like, a new little project in the apartment. or But it's, like, only the brainstorming. <laughs> it's not always the executing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, I would say if I'm thinking about something, like, if I'm critically thinking, I'm thinking about how I can grow like spiritually, how I can do better. Like I am very, very hard on myself. Jacqueline knows this. I am, I am so hard on myself that I'm constantly thinking of what I could be Mm. doing more of what I could be doing better. Um, I'm very hypercritical of myself. So if I'm critically thinking that's it, I do like to get creative as well, or I'm thinking about sex. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) okay um let's see why do you think you're single because you Ah! are now (laughs) um oh goodness I mean I can reference this just to my most recent relationship or like in general well actually you know what it's the exact same reason and I would say um it's that I still have some healing to do 
and I still have a lot of like level setting to do with myself and understanding what my core values and kind of like non-negotiables are and I in the past have done that by dating someone and then learning along the way that like ooh, that's a big value of mine and now I realize you conflict with it um which is not the way I prefer to move (laughs) forward so I would just say still and there's always going to be room for like growth and healing but I think in the romantic aspect especially I have not reached like you know, a certain point where I'm ready, ready. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Mine is boils down to fear. Um, Fear of choosing the wrong person Mm -hmm. again is a big one. Um, I would rather stay single for the rest of my life than put Ryder through a divorce. Um, And so I worry about that or not just a divorce, just like I don't want to have a serious partner and think that we're life partners and then put Ryder through the fact that we're not. Um, Yeah. So that's a huge fear. And then um, just fear of my mom says I'm prone to the fear of success, which I don't necessarily know what she means by that. But, um, you know, I think I have a lot of fear of, of relationships and, dating and just fear in general I'm I'm scared to to date again to be in a relationship again I'm scared of having been alone for so long that I won't be able to fully like be invested like what will that even look like I don't even know what a relationship looks like anymore I haven't lived with someone in so long so um but the one yeah. word is fear I'm kind of scared too that like my issues will fuck something up which I've always had that fear, like in every single relationship and usually like it's accurate. (laughs) So um, I'll have to (laughs) prove to myself it's no longer accurate. Okay. Is a life exclusive to pleasure, like without suffering worthwhile? Absolutely not. No, that's really simple. No, it's not. (laughs) I would say no. Also, I, I mean, I'll be honest, like earlier I mentioned jealousy is something that I struggle with and it's usually tied to, um, those who have had quite an easy breezy life and not at all to say, I wish any harm or trauma, you know, in anyone's past or future. Um, but I do recognize some things within myself when I'm constantly comparing and being jealous, (laughs) but, um, I wrote down some strengths of mine, you know, out of all of that and, and really try to just focus on those. And I think just for myself personally, I guess I'm somewhat, you know, found the silver linings and, and trying to move forward with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What, made you choose the college you went to? Ooh, so I went to two. I went to Alvin Community College, which is um, like an hour out from the the smaller city I grew up in, like outside of Houston, because it had a really great nursing program. And that's what I chose at first. And I didn't want to move away for college because my sister was really young and I was a big part of her life. Um, And I was actually still responsible for caring for her. Often, I didn't live at home 
um, throughout college. Well, I moved out like when I graduated high school, so I never lived at home again, but um, I was still part of like picking her up from school and whatnot. And then after that, I transferred to U of H Clear Lake because they have one of the top like teaching education programs. And again, I could stay close to home. Yeah. Uh, I followed a fucking man to college. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my boyfriend played baseball at the University of Houston, so that is literally the only reason why I went there. <laughs> okay, at least it's it's at least winner, it's a winner. college to go to, though. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Oh, uh, I would have followed him wherever he went, but yep, that's oh, why. Oh gosh, woo. Do you believe more in fate or that we are the creators of our own destinies because we're governed by free will? Yes, I do. I believe we're the, you know, creators of our own destiny and we can do whatever we want and manifest anything we want into our lives. And I think the universe is for us. I kind of believe in both. Um, I... And this is one of those things I'm examining as well from like my, you know, more so religious, religious, like teaching or whatever. Um, Because I, I do still feel like there's a certain, I don't know, like path or, or, or meant to be things. And I might just tell myself this because I have anxiety. And so I'll like, you know, have like catastrophic thinking about Owen and I'll tell myself like, and I can't predict the future. I don't know if this is, you know, right or not, but I'll always tell myself, no, that's not our story. And so if I'm like, you know, paranoid when he's taking a bath and I'm not in the bathroom cooking dinner or something and I like go check on him or whatever, you know, and I imagine him drowning, I'll constantly tell myself like, no, that's not our story. And I truly believe it. But I almost believe it's it's already a path laid out. But I also believe that saying it out loud, like, reaffirms it or helps avoid it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> that definitely makes sense. Um, okay, if you could get away with anything, what would you do? Oh. Shoot. Um... I mean, <laughs> dang, like, I guess rob a bank? That's exactly okay. my answer. That's what I was, I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> like, I am such a rule follower. I do not like to disappoint people and systems. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would rob yeah. a bank. I want to, I'm really aiming to be financially too. stable. And that's such a huge goal of mine right now. So and that's the only thing, like you know, against the law that could help with any of my current life goals. So. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever questioned your sanity and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. So um, when I was in an abusive relationship, uh, my ex-husband made me believe that I was crazy like so much so that I went to a doctor and was 
almost acting. I mean, I was, I went to a psychiatrist. I was like, something is wrong with me. And when I explained everything, she was like, no, honey, you're, you're in an abusive relationship. (laughs) So you're, you know, you're having issues. But, um, so I, I questioned constantly if I was the problem. Like I thought I was insane. I thought I was this terrible person to be around. I thought I had nothing good about me and that I was crazy. Um, and I truly, truly believed it. And so much so that I thought I needed to go to a doctor and get like diagnosed with something. And as it turns out, I was suffering from, you know, post-traumatic stress. And uh, yeah, it turns yeah. Out you were only crazy for thinking that you were crazy or that you were the crazy one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah I exactly definitely right. questioned my sanity and actually like I think the first time was in high school and some of my self-harm behaviors were um, coming out. I was going to say more extravagantly, but more, more like, I don't know, like noticeably I, I didn't self-harm at this point. I mean, I didn't um, cut at this point, but I would do, I had some very bizarre behaviors and high school was the first time I started realizing like none of my friends had those behaviors, obviously, and, and hopefully. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely question my sanity. And mine's a little questionable, oh. so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, All the best right. ones are. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know... I don't think anyone listening would think that you're crazy or that you're you have any... I mean, you're handling what life has thrown you as, as far as mental illness really, really well. So, um, kudos to you you for that. (laughs) All right. What is the darkest thought you've ever had? I think mine, this is, and this is like really dark. So I'll actually kind of give like a, a warning, like maybe even a trigger warning for anyone listening, um, who is you know, sensitive to sexual abuse or anything like that. Um, If you want to just hit that little skip ahead button, 15 seconds or whatever it is, I'll definitely be done talking by then. But um, I have intrusive thoughts and oftentimes it involves sexual abuse and a child. And um, thankfully never my own child pops into mind, but um, it's kind of usually I'm envisioning myself as a child. Oh yeah, it's boy. it's rough. That's it's, hard. Uh, it's rough. That's really, really hard. Um so the darkest thought I've ever had would have to be you know, I think that the recurring thoughts there's no violence involved in it, but I think it is incredibly dark if you were to jump into my head for a day. <clears throat> And think with me, it is incredibly dark how much after five years I can still hear my ex-husband telling me what a disgusting, fat, ugly, horrible Mm. human being I am. Um, It is something that I have to fight every single day. And it's not necessarily like me thinking it consciously. It is something that I see when I look in the mirror, it is something I hear. I can literally, I haven't talked to him in a long time and I can still hear yeah, him yelling like his at me. voice. 
Um, yeah. So, and it's, it's really dark in my opinion, because it just shows the long lasting effects of psychological abuse. I, I was just about to say that. I think this really highlights, you know, the long-term effect of trauma for both of us and in different situations, but yeah, it may have been only a period of our life or maybe even only an instance, but I mean, it's like daily and forever really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously we can live very healthy lives um, and you know, I'm about as healed as they come. I don't think anyone would ever think just knowing me on the surface, like something terrible happened to her because I'm just so upbeat and, and I, it's not something I talk about except for with close friends and on this public forum, <laughs> evidently. Um, but you know, it's something that's still there and I still think about it and it's still, you know, I have implemented coping mechanisms as Jacqueline has to yeah, get sure. through it. So there, you know, that's not to say that you can't ever get over hard stuff. Just disclaimer. Yeah, you absolutely. can so I think this is our last question, but I feel like I could have mistallied okay. as well. So if, if you're listening <laughs> okay. and you've counted, get out of us. here, first of all. Like, don't DM me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, a, this is a, a good note to end on. Is home for you a place okay. or a feeling? And describe it. It's a, it's a feeling. Um, I can say this with certainty because like, even if my mom just comes to my house, my mom is that person for me. And that feeling like just having my family, my mom and and my dad here makes in my own home makes it feel more like home. And then being at her home, you know, makes it feel, I feel more like home there because she's there. And she'll always be that person for me. And I think in a romantic relationship as well, um, like when I think, I don't think I was in love with my husband. I'm not, I, I'm dropping that bomb and then I'll explain on a later episode, but I don't actually think I was in love with my ex-husband. But when I was in love the one time before, like he, that feeling I had with mm-hmm. him was home. So not even so much a feeling, but I think people mm-hmm. are home, like people make a home. Yeah, I would agree. And it's it's definitely closely tied to my mom as well. Um, and like I said, my mom moved back to California when I was in college. And so I have visited her in California now. And it's so crazy. Like, I mean, she doesn't have like the same furniture we had here or anything like that. But just like sitting on the couch, like cuddling with my mom and watching a show or whatever is forever the most like homey feeling I will ever feel and I yeah I would really hope to recreate that you know for my child moving forward in the very near future hopefully so yeah well guys that's it 20-ish questions (laughs) is probably what I'm gonna name this episode so 20-ish questions because we really (laughs) don't know with Jacqueline and Chantel Thank you all so much for joining. We hope you'll join us for the next episode.